Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 326 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue with uh, November the 16th to November the 22nd Come Follow Me study. Uh, we're looking at Ether 6 to 11, That Evil May Be Done Away. And we're continuing continuing with the section today covered by Ether 7 to 11, Righteous leaders bless the people they lead, but we also are going to be looking at how the Lord blesses me when I am humble in 9, 28 to 35 and chapter 10, verses 1 to 2. I hope you're ready uh, for several more generations of the Jaredite history. Here we go. So in chapter 9, verses 30 to 31, in the time of Heth, which is the king who we're talking about at the end of yesterday, who was not only very wicked, but also telling the people to kill the prophets and um, cast them out and all these horrible things. In verse 30 to 31, uh, it says this, And it came to pass that there began to be a great dearth upon the land, and the inhabitants began to be destroyed exceedingly fast because of the dearth. For there was no rain upon the face of the earth, and there came forth poisonous serpents also upon the face of the land, and did poison many people. And it came to pass that their flocks began to flee before the poisonous serpents towards the land southward. So it is interesting when it gets to a certain point when the prophets are being uh, are being uh, killed and are being cast out by even the king by the commandment of the king this is when these horrible this horrible uh, famine and the poisonous serpents happen in an oy number 243 from book of mormon central they ask the question why did the snakes infest jaredite lands during a famine it does seem quite an innocuous link that a famine appears and then soon after that poisonous serpents begin to appear um, however it makes a lot of sense with the ecosystem that was going around it it says quote strange as it might seem this series of events may be entirely natural in times of drought snakes typically migrate into populated areas in search of water or prey if the area has a lot of venomous snakes then naturally incidents of people being bitten and poisoned by snakes increases if a drought persists, then snakes, along with other animals, will continue continue to migrate in their search for water, which is likely what Ephra interpreted as the flocks fleeing before the poisonous serpents. The flocks were likely migrating both to escape the infestation of the snakes and the drought, with some animals perishing as they went. When Ether indicated that the snake serpents did pursue them no more, it was probably because the snake migration ended. The snakes probably stopped when finding a wet habitat with plenty of water available. If a river or otherwise wet habitat lay between the Jaredites and the land southward, then a large population of snakes would settle there and hedge up the way to the land southward. Close quote. Um, it goes on. I could read even more of it. It talks about how... Um, it also talks about how volcanic activity uh, would add to this effect. Um, and of course, we know there is volcanic activity um, in the central South America areas too. Uh, and so, you know, it's a, a wonderful explanation of something which seems quite far-fetched and seems quite dramatic in this record, but actually could be very well explained by a very natural um, circumstance. Um, and so, again, you know, it's a wonderful evidence of this book uh, being of... of uh, historic um, background and then in verse uh, 35 you know um, it says and it came to pass that when they had humbled themselves sufficiently before the Lord he did send rain upon the face of the land and the people began to revive again and there began to be fruit in the north countries and in all the countries all around 
and the Lord God did show forth his power unto them in preserving them, preserving them from famine. Um, we see here that the Lord, once again, the life is in his hand. The things that um, afflict us are in his hand. And this is an example of where affliction happened because of the sin and wickedness of the people. Of course, we should not take this as saying when we are righteous, then the Lord will bless us with everything to avoid help us avoid afflictions. But he will bless us with comfort uh, and ways out of these uh, difficult times. So, uh, Shez, who was a descendant of Heth, begins to begins to build up a broken people, um, and he remembers the, the, the workings of the Lord uh, and is righteous. He has a son called Shez who tries to uh, rebel against him, but he's killed. Uh, and this Shez lives to a good old age, and then Riplakesh takes over. Now, Riplakesh is not so good. And actually, it, when you read in verses 5 to 7 what he does... He reads very much like King Noah, getting them to erect a beautiful throne, taking taxes to build up wonderful palaces and things like that. He reigns for 42 years. But then in verse 8 we read, And when he had reigned for the space of 42 years, the people did rise up in rebellion against him, and there began to be a war again in the land, insomuch that Riplakesh was killed and his descendants were driven out of the land. Obviously, we don't get the full details. All we get is, this is a king here. He wasn't so good. He did these things. He was cast out from among the people after 42 years. Interestingly, that is that is what happens to King Noah. We get the full details behind why that happens to King Noah in the book of Mosiah. But, you know, we very similar circumstances here. And I think it'd be worth um, one day finding out, you know, why these people rebelled after such a long time. Why did they put up with it for such a long time? And then after 42 years decide, you know, this is enough. But as it is... Uh, Morianton, um, being a descendant of Riplakesh, gathers together an army of outcasts and fights against the city and he puts himself as king again above all the land. And we're just getting into this this really low period uh, for the Jaredites. Um, again, he didn't do any good uh, in terms of in the presence of the Lord. He built up cities and the people became exceedingly rich. But what I would like to point out is the difference in this language that's used in how they built up these riches um, because, you know, that's a good thing, surely, that a king builds up cities and the people become exceedingly rich, both in buildings and in gold and silver. Um, but, of course, we know that because he didn't do justice and he had many whoredoms um, and, it was, and he was cut off from the presence of the Lord, that this is uh, a problem uh, for the people eventually. So then we continue. Uh, we have Levi, who then takes over, um, takes the kingdom from himself. But he does what's right in the sight of the Lord and, and did live to an old, a good old age and begat sons and daughters. And um, he had Coram, and Coram also did good, which is great. But what's interesting uh, is that he has Kish um, and then they have Lib. Basically, we're fast forwarding even faster through these uh, generations now. And Lib did what was good in the sight of the Lord. And it's interesting, in verse 19, it says, um, And in the days of Lib, the poisonous serpents were destroyed. Wherefore, they did go into the land southward to hunt food for the people of the land. And the land was covered with the animals of the forest. Um, so we see here now, I've lost count already of the generations that have taken place since the poisonous serpents began. We're talking at least four, I think. So multiple generations have gone past. And there was this continuing issue of these poisonous serpents hedging up the way so they couldn't get to certain parts of the land. But now, and it's interesting, it was in a time of righteousness uh, those serpents were, were done away with. They were removed. Um, and so then they were able to move forward. Um, and then 
Now, not only was that a, a wonderful positive thing in the time of Lib, but also in verse 22, it says, and they, then they were exceedingly industrious and they did buy and sell and traffic with one another that they might get gain. Um, the language that's used when describing the, the, the prosperity, the wealth of the people when, when in times of wickedness during the Book of Mormon are much more different to this. Because here it's talking about how they, they did get gain, and that's something that was positive because they were industrious. They bought things, they sold things, they worked, they trafficked one with another. They worked together to build up this prosperity. Um, Daniel K. Judd explained, quote, there is a big difference between the way this people prospered and compared with the deceptive and bloodthirsty means by which previous wicked men murdered to get gain. The language which Moroni used to describe the state of the people of Lib is remarkably similar to the language of his that his father Mormon used to describe the Zion society of the Nephites in 4th Nephi. It seems possible that Moroni was trying to bring our memory the precious experiences of Noah's Nephites as he describes their righteousness among the people of Lib, close quote. And in fact, after explaining all the things that happened um, with this people, he then says in verse 28, And never could a people more be more blessed than, than were they, and more prospered by the hand of the Lord, and they were in a land that was choice above all lands, for the Lord had spoken it. Close quote. So this is obviously a wonderful place and time for the people to be living in. Um, and it's through this righteousness and through this industry. It's, it's good being righteous and making cho choices to keep the commandments. But you also need to have a, an attitude of industry, an attitude of working to, to build up your, your belongings and talents, but also help others build up their belongings and talents as well. That is when this science society will be fulfilled, not just when we're you know, making good choices and, and making and avoiding bad choices, but about being proactive and working together for the benefits of all. Um, thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. We'll uh, conclude for chapter 10 and 11 tomorrow. Um, and I think that uh, we've learned quite a lot from this, even though it is a fast forwarded um, narrative. There's a lot of things to pull from it, uh, a lot more than I used to think when I was reading through this, um, these these chapters. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Please follow the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.